Bill Bowers. Yes. This is Jay Michaels. If I'm on the line, you're on the air. Ah, hello. Well, you're being recorded, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Got it. What a thrill to speak to you. I'm actually talking to a mime. <laughs> How often does that happen? That's that's going off my bucket list right now. There you go. <laughs> How's the show going? You're opening up in 24 hours. How's everything going? I, It's going okay. It's funny you should ask. I'm running my lines right now. You're running your lines. A mime is running yeah. his lines. Oh, the yeah. Fresh Fruit Festival. Oh, the Fresh Fruit <laughs> Festival. Yeah. Tell us well, about you know, the I'm, show. I'm, you're I'm you're like mime. a famous guy. Tell us about the show. <laughs> well, this I am a mime. That is the truth. But this is actually not a mime show. It's a show about being a mime. Oh, so, so I do cool. talk. Oh, that's, that's great. I admit to you. <laughs> um, this show, All Over the Map, is a, is a collection of true stories of things and people I've encountered along the road of being a performing artist for about 30 years and mm. being on the road for most of that time. So um, it's uh, stories that are all over the map, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, um, from working in Asia to working in Europe to working in small towns in the northwest of the United States. And uh, I just put this collection together as kind of a travel log of my experiences. Well, that's, so, so we're going to we're going to get a sampling of 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 your performances throughout the world, uh, or at least your encounters with them. Exactly. Yeah, and I do a little. Uh, I do a mind piece kind of in the in in the show as well to kind of reference the fact that I really am mime. <laughs> I was going to ask that if if you give us a sampling of your actual uh, of your actual forte within the show as well. I do. I yes, I have a piece that kind of sets up the whole thing. Oh, that's great. Oh, excellent. Um, now, now, you've been all over the world with this. Uh, how are audiences different? You have a very special kind of, uh, kind of act that you do. It's not like you're going and you're singing Hello, Dolly, somewhere. You're, you're, this is a very interesting <laughs> thing. Uh, how, how do audiences differ in terms of, your, of the reception you get? Yeah, that, I mean, I have to say I've had great luck with audiences. I, I've been quite well received. Um, this show in particular is very entertaining, and, um, and so people have enjoyed that. The difference I would say is that outside of the United States, particularly in Central Europe and Eastern Europe, it is not common to tell your own story on stage. That's mm. just not part of their culture. So I, that's exactly what I do. I talk autobiographically and I talk very openly about being a gay man. And in places like Poland and Macedonia, I'll tell some stories about that as a matter of fact. It's, that's a very... Uh, new experiences for audiences and leads to an interesting evening of theater because they just are not accustomed to receiving information that way. Is it, uh, is, is the reason for that a, a good one or, or a not so good one? Is it that, that they're open that, Oh, oh you're gay. Okay. Well, whatever. Or, or is it more like, <laughs> Oh no, don't, don't, don't mention such things in public. Is it uh, good or bad? That's kind of, I think it's more that, oh. that they, a lot of those, uh, uh, there are a number of countries that it's just not spoken about, mm-hmm. which is exactly why I want to go to those places. So <laughs> good for you. Uh, it's good for you. It's either uncomfortable. It's it's uncomfortable at best, and most often it ends up being very enlightening for I think for me certainly and for other people. But it's a it's a new experience to a lot of the audiences that I that I've come across. You, you just saved my next question. I was, I was going to say, uh, do, do people come away with new knowledge? Do they come away feeling, uh, uh, ha- have you opened their mind 
uh, in seeing this? Uh, I hope so. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to believe that's true. And I do hear from people um, that whose lives have seemingly changed. I did have an experience. I just did this show in Montana, mm. in my hometown in Montana, as a matter mm. of fact, just a couple of days ago. And the day after the show, a woman, an elderly woman came and found me as I was loading my truck to go to the airport. And she came out to me. And said she no way had been yeah it was really moving she said it's been a long road for her but she saw my show and realized that, that the most important thing was to talk about it and uh, that really meant the world to me actually that's correct then you're making a major difference you're making a huge well, difference that's wonderful <laughs> I do feel like I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing that feels like that. Okay, now, doing what you're supposed to be doing, this is a really <laughs> specialized thing here. What made you, did, did one morning you wake up and say, I am now going to be a mime? What, what, what made you decide on this particular path? To be a mime? Um, I have, I'm from Montana, like I mentioned, which is not the hotbed of mime culture, but, <laughs> mime, but Montana, is, <laughs> Montana is really big and really quiet. And so it kind of starts with that, as I've always been drawn to big, quiet spaces. And um, also being a gay person and growing up as a gay kid in Montana in the 60s, oh long, before, long before Oprah, you know, the, uh-huh. there, was, there was just no conversation. So I really, I, not that I enjoyed it, but I was very familiar with being silent. And so that's what led me. It wasn't that I thought I was going to be a performer, but I, when I learned there was an art form about not talking, I thought, well, I think I understand this i'm gonna take a look at it that's incredible so so because you had to keep silent because of oppression it actually became your stock and trade that's i that's true yeah i feel really lucky that way it it became my voice in a way that is exactly well put it became your voice um horror stories uh you're talking all about how you you've traveled all over the world for three decades any, any story yeah. pops out where you just go, oh, I'm never going back there, or I'm glad I survived, or anything like that? I would that. never go back. Over the map, part of the show is there are a couple, like, outrageous stories that I've thrown in there that are not horror stories, but they were challenging. Would you like more people to attend your show? At Oplod, we combine artificial intelligence and human intuition to expand your audience and increase ticket sales. For a limited time, we'll help you fill your seats free of charge to prove our value. That's right, we will promote your show at no cost if you begin right away. Sound good? For more information, email promote at oplod.com. Hello, Bill. I'm so sorry, we just got disconnected, didn't we? That's okay, the wonders of technology, that's how it works. <laughs> I guess I guess uh, T-Mobile thought, wait a minute, he's a mime, he shouldn't be speaking. So they took exactly care of that. Right. I um, the minutes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well put. Um, so so you were up to, to you, you have these stories within your, within your piece, you have these, these, these yeah. horror stories within your piece. Yeah. Uh, uh, let, let, let's take it from there. Where you, you were about to cite a story, I think. What were you oh, going to yes. say? I went to Amsterdam. I was invited to perform in Amsterdam by Xavier Hollander, who is um, the happy hooker. <gasps> I don't know if you're familiar with her, uh, Yeah, just slightly. Yeah. Wow. I heard that gasp. 
So that was an, that led to a very interesting hard experience because she basically um, screwed me. <laughs> uh, I think you might have to clarify that considering who you're talking about. Right. I think you have to come see the show for that one. But, okay. Uh, it was. Uh, she's now a theater producer. That's one of the things she does. And uh, she invited me there, but then took great advantage of me in certain ways. So um, that's probably, if I have a horror story, that's one of them. Wow. But mostly I have some stories that are a little bit crazy. Like uh, I performed at a nudist colony and I performed at an Amish colony. And I talk about those experiences, which were very unusual. Oh, that's going from, from, from A to Z, a nudist colony hey. and an Amish group. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you find do you find that artists have have more horror stories than anyone else? I have I have colleagues in every profession, and I've had professors yeah. tell me wild stories and accountants tell me wild stories. Do you find that the artist seems to have the the most incredible tales? Is um, it is it because we we tend to exaggerate, or we just happen to walk into absolute shit from time to time? <laughs> well, I think maybe we exaggerate, and maybe because we tend to be storytellers. Right. Maybe, maybe people know about more of our stories. Um, I would say also for me, I travel most of the time. I travel alone, so there is something that has to get dealt with, whether it be or bad, I'm dealing with it. So I think that gives me, you know, like um, uh, interesting. The mill. <laughs> oh. Um. So 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 this show that you're doing now, this this particular one, is this touring? Like all over the map? Is it going all over the map? It's just starting to. Um, I just did it in Europe about a month and a half ago, and then Montana last week, and I have some dates in uh, about New York City this week, and Ohio, and Arkansas coming up in the fall. And then I'll probably take it to Europe in the next year. I have some other solo shows that I've toured very extensively in Europe and Asia, but this mm-hmm. is kind of the newest one. How about film work? Have you thought of committing uh, this to film? I, I ask this not not like a pat question, but you're, you're yeah. talking about thirty years in a in a specialized art form, and you're going to to obscure places. It's something that should be recorded I in some way. I love it. If there's any filmmakers listening out there, um, <laughs> I'm very very interested in doing that. I'm not you know from the film world, so I would just I would love to have that conversation. I think it would be fun to make it into a film. Yeah. That's great. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, now, now it's just you on stage for this, yes? It's just me and five chairs. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yes. About an hour, it's just over an hour long of uh, pretty unbelievable and entertaining stories. That is terrific. That is terrific. Oh, I can't, I, I can't wait to see this or, or hear this as the case may be. Oh, a mime is speaking. There you go. <laughs> What's what's next after this? Do you have like the next project? Do you have things in the works for the next year other than this, or is this the focus for a while? Uh, this is um, well, I'm actually doing this through into the fall. It's a few dates into the fall, and then I am working on a new piece, actually a new mime piece, which uh, was commissioned by the New York City Children's Theater. So it's a piece for younger audiences. Oh, very cool. That in the fall, and uh, then I'm starting to work on a memoir. Uh, I want to take a combination of the shows I've made through the years and try to write them as a memoir. And 
Or maybe it's a documentary, and maybe it's a film, if there's any filmmakers out there. There you go. I, I know many filmmakers. I have to tell them about this, because I think this would be something quite amazing. Um, I, whenever I speak to someone who does anything autobiographical, uh, I always ask the question, and I always almost get the same answer. Did you, did you come to any epiphany about yourself as you're putting this together? Like, did you, did you suddenly at 3 o'clock in the morning as you're putting this together go, oh, my God, I never realized this is what I do. This is whatever. It, it, did you learn about you in doing this? Yeah, um, but I wouldn't say it was my own epiphany. I worked with a, a wonderful director named Martha Banta who helped me create all over the map and she's helped me with another piece of mine and she said to me one time Phil did you ever consider just saying no and that was that was kind of an epiphany to me because I realized a lot of the experiences I've had can because I just say yes to a lot of things <laughs> do you know I just I I read that recently about William Shatner and uh, every, everyone thought he was this, you know, uh, the, people have one opinion of William Shatner, but it's because he said yes to everything. He wanted to make a living in the arts. And so he yeah. said yes to all these things that, that Paul Newman said no to, that Robert Redford said no to, that all these others said no to. So, so okay, we could say what we will, but the guy worked. So, yeah, there we are. So, so you sat down and said, oh, maybe I should start saying no once in a while. I, that's exactly, yeah. At this point in my life, I just turned 60 this year, and I thought, well, I guess now I can officially say I've worked as long as an actor. Maybe I can say it. I can, I can say no a few times. Maybe yeah, I can definitely. can choose a little bit. Definitely. You're, you're at the age where you have nothing to prove. Good for you. Right, right. How does it feel physically? I, I don't ask this question normally because it, uh, yours is a very specific kind of skill. Uh, as you grow older, uh, uh, you're probably in exquisite shape for your, nothing else because oh, you're doing now this. you're flattering me. <laughs> <laughs> how, does, how does it feel physically? Like, do you, do you come off stage and, like, you've got to have a day to relax or something like that? How does it feel? What do you have to do to get ready to do this very physical humor? Very well, physical story. You say that because when we're done talking, I'm going to get on my city bike and ride over to yoga class. There I you go. yoga almost every day. I do hot yoga, which I've done for about 25 years. And I think that's more than anything, the thing that helped me be able to keep doing this. But I also feel great. I, 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 I feel like because of the nature of what I do, it keeps me fairly active and agile and, uh, I, I, I actually, I have very few complaints physically. I really think that a lot of, a lot of my longevity in this is because I've been doing it for so long. So, um, so it's sort of like the art itself is, is your own exercise. Yeah. yeah and oh. I, did, I, I had this great experience of working with Marcel Marceau in the last years of his life and studying him. And he said the same thing. You know, I worked with him when he, he was 80 when I met him. And he said, I'm still here because I'm alive. And I saw that of him every day. He could get down on the floor and back up faster than any of us. How was it so, to work with him? How was it to, it was, to deal with Marcel Marceau? It was a lot of things. It was, it was fantastic because he was my idol. And I had been watching him since I was a little kid. So mm -hmm. To be in the room with someone who's had that amount of influence was just overwhelming. And he was also a real character. He was, when I met him, he was 80 and, you know, moving toward the end of his life and the end of his career. And he was very famous and very French. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Okay. So there was a lot in the room, but I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. I learned so much from him. That's wonderful. 
that's wonderful. Uh, I, I, that that must be you, you know we all have our idols in the in the industry, yeah. and and uh, in, in in your case it's probably a, a, an easy an easy thing to say uh, that you 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 dealt with with your idol when it comes to this. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so so to be able to I think that it's quite an honor. It's quite a quite a, a, a thing to do. It was Oh, that's great. Um, okay, so you open tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow night at eight thirty at the Wild Project. At the Wild Project for the Fresh Fruit Festival, and you have another show on Saturday. Um, and on Sunday. Sunday at two thirty. Okay, so I will make sure our listeners know exactly how to get tickets and how yeah. to get there to see something that is so rare and so amazing as Bill Bowers telling the story of being a thirty-year mime. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, really impressive, uh, really thrilled to be able to chat with you. Uh, uh, I definitely look forward to hearing all about the show. Uh, thank, thank you so much for your time, uh, <laughs> for talking. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pleasure. You're easy to talk to. Thank you very much. Um, I will definitely tell our listeners all about this, and, and I will definitely talk to you very soon. Thanks again. Thank you so much. My thank pleasure. You. Ciao. Okay, take care. Bye-bye.